It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? The Washington Wizards made some moves today, signing Jared Butler to a two-way contract and waving Quentin Jackson. And we're going to talk about point guard, who starts and who's the backup. We're going to talk about that and more next on Locked On Wizards. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? It's your boy again, Brandon Scott, with my co-host, the real Ed Oliver. Thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. So today, the Washington uh, Wizards made some moves, uh, signing Jared Butler to a two-way contract, but waiving Quentin Jackson, which to me was a very surprising move. So, you know, looking up the makeup of this roster, um, what are your first thoughts on these movies? Um, I hate to see Quentin Jackson go, man. I really do. Uh, we were both big fans of his game. Had a great uh, Capital City go-go season last year, and then the last couple of games of the season uh, for the for for the regular Wizards when they sat guys when they sat Brad and Przingis and and uh, and and Kuz and and Denny sat. They just sat everybody towards the majority of the team last year and just let the young guys play. I thought he showed out. He played really well. The Rockets game he went to, he had a heck of a game. Had a couple highlight dunks. Um, it showed his explosive and his athleticism. Even in the summer league last year, he showed flashes of athleticism and explosiveness. And I thought he was a guy, an undrafted guy out of Texas A&M that definitely showed potential, um, some shiftiness to his game, and a guy who could create separation for himself and could really score. But the summer league, man, it, it just didn't work out. I think they tried to play him at point guard, and he turned the ball over a lot. He shot the Every time he touched the ball, he just shot it. That Pacers game, it was really bad. Um, he got blocked a couple times. He kept going up against Jairus Walker, got blocked. Then he kept trying to go up against their other big, Isaiah ja- Jackson, for the Pacers, kept getting blocked. And he just had tunnel vision. Like, at the end of the game, it was between him and Xavier Cooks. They both took two really bad shots down the stretch, and we could have won that first Emily game. And I thought he was just trying to force the issue a little too much, didn't let the game come to him. Now, the the, the last couple games of the Summer League, 
I thought he calmed down a little bit, relaxed a little bit. Still didn't shoot the ball well or score the ball well as much as he did with the go-go last year in the, in the last two or three regular season games that he played in. Um, so it's unfortunate. I think he will be picked up by a different team, maybe on another two-way contract or, or, or play on another G League roster. Uh, so I definitely wish him the best. I think he was a fan favorite as well. A lot of, a lot of, he was a he was a guy that was e- he was easy to root for. I want to say he got a triple double in the G League as well. Um, so I certainly wish him the best. But um, it looks like they're bringing in a guy that uh, Jared Butler that they're familiar with. Played at OKC, played with the Jazz. Will Dawkins was the GM. Uh, I mean, not GM, but Will Dawkins, of course, coming over here. Uh, being the GM here, he's going to – he may bring over some other Thunder guys. Now, you look at the list of guys who uh, were with or who have coached – who have played or coached under or with uh, or just been a part of the Thunder organization with Will Dawkins. Now, Mike Muscala was with the Thunder while Will Dawkins was there. Danilo Gallinari, Eugene Omorui, uh, who was on the other two-way contract. So, that makes sense. And now, Will Dawkins brought a guy that he had in the Thunder on a two-way contract. Now, he brings him over here. Now, he brings over Jared Butler. Mike Muscala was with the Thunder. Brian Keith was an assistant coach over there with the Thunder. Um, and of course, you know, under uh, and then Michael Winger was was is the president now. So you got a lot of people from the Thunder th- from the Thunder organization coming over here. So maybe we can bring in some other guys if they do get rid of uh, or release some guys. Because there was a report saying that the Thunder had a bunch of guys on their roster. They're going to have to kind of shed and release some guys, some young talent. Maybe Aaron Wiggins. A lot of people want Trey Mann. I don't. I don't highly doubt they release Trey Mann, but he's a good player for them too. Um, but yeah, Jared Butler's a good player, man. Went to Baylor, won the championship, was the most outstanding player, had 31 points in a summer league game, hit five threes, averaged about 20 points per game in the summer league. Played with some good players, played with Chet, uh, Usman Jane, Keontae Johnson, Kassan Wallace was on that team, Trey Mann was on that team, and um, who else was on that team? Jalen Williams played on that team too. So OKC had a lot of good players, and this guy, Jared Butler, really, really stood out 20 points a game, um, had four assists per game. And shot forty eight percent from the three point line, hitting three threes per game, off of seven three point attempts per game. So this guy can fill it up. He can shoot the ball. Tough nose, hard nose kind of player. So uh, about six foot three, six foot two. So I'm excited to see what he does on the two way contract. Yeah, this is quickly becoming the Washington Thunder, right? Yeah, I know. It's like the, the Washington Panthers. <laughs> oh, I was just about to bring that up. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, if you look at the stat line, I mean, I've seen him play a little bit. Um, 20 points, like you said, four assists, uh, shot 50% from the field, but 48% from three. I mean, we need more shooters, man. We need more mm-hmm. guys who can shoot yeah. the rock. Um, I think it's a big move, man. I mean, two-way contract, probably going to start out with the Capital City Go-Go, but that's the thing. Um, the Capital City Go-Go and the personnel over there, the general manager, the, um, coaches over there, they do a good job of keeping these guys ready. So when, if there's a chance they come up and have to contribute, they're able to do so. Because, I mean, again, look, Quinn Jackson, you know, he, him and uh, Jordan Goodwin were two success stories about how the go-go kind of brought guys along, kept them game ready. So, because, you know, especially when we went through COVID, all the injuries, we were able to bring these guys up from Capital City Go-Go and they were able to contribute right away. So I think you do well, Capital City. Um, very intriguing, man. I know people are going to get on me for saying that, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, I, I like what I see from him, man. He, he's a baller. He can definitely play some basketball. Now, why we didn't retain Quentin Jackson, I don't know. Like I said, we still have one spot left for a two-way contract, so I don't know why we decided to move on from him. Uh, I kind of want to see him kind of stay. Because, again, yeah, his summer league was not the best. But, I mean, from last year, he showed me enough that he has that athleticism. He has that scores mentality that, you know, he can still contribute. You know, he, he had a bad summer league. I get that. But I, I kind of w- wish we would have retained uh, Q Jacks, man. So, yeah, looking at the moves, I mean – yeah, you, we're losing uh, Quentin Jackson, but Jared Butler can definitely contribute if need be. 
And then again, that's why this is a really good move because you got a guy who, again, he can come up and play some minutes and he's on a two way contract. So that's depth. So, you know, it's another good move by this organization, man. You know, they're really, really surrounding his organization with young talent, guys who can, you know, and I get the other guy that plays on two way. I mean, his name is just gives me fits every time, but there you go. (laughs) (laughs) He's not necessarily a young cat, but he's still, you know, where he can still, you know, develop a little bit and come up and contribute. So, no, I definitely welcome the move, man. You know, again, it's another good under-the-radar move made by the organization that gives us quality depth at the position. So, no, I I like it, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, looking at the Summer League numbers, I know you don't want to base everything off Summer League, but um, I think watching Summer League, OKC, Will Dawkins, like looking at Jared Butler, looking at the film, and like, hey, let's bring this guy over. Um, Jared Butler shot 50% from the field as well. And like we brought up 48%. From the three, eighty percent from the free throw line. So he almost had a 50, 40, 90 summer league. And he did play in four games. So it wasn't just one or two games. And then Quentin Jackson, uh, he struggled. He shot 36% from the field and 25% from the three-point line. So um I, I think they just looked at summer league and they were like, you know, this is this is what what fits. And I like how you brought up the shooting, man. He can shoot the three. Um, shot the shot the ball well at Baylor as well. Had a 30-point game against Kansas. I was just reading his, his write-up. He was the second, he was the second round pick, the 40th pick of the draft. Um, by the Utah Jazz. So um, definitely still a lot of talent there. He's 22 years old, six foot three, 193 pounds, uh, second round, 40th pick, selected by the New Orleans Pelicans, played for the Salt Lake City Stars, the Grand Rapid Gold, Oklahoma City Blue. Um, and then on Wikipedia, it has it on the Washington Wizards and Capital City Go-Go. So, and he was the final foremost outstanding player, uh, first team all Big 12 in 2020 and 2021, and he was on the Big 12 all defensive team in 2021, Big 12 all freshman in 2019, and he played with David on Mitchell, who plays for the Kings, who is one of the uh, best young defenders in the league. So nothing but positive things uh, for Jared Butler. So we'll see if he can get into the rotation. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Oh, yeah, we'll definitely see because I think, again, this is a quality move for depth. You know, they're definitely surrounding this organization with young talent who – are very very hungry. You know he's coming in there, man. He's he's hungry. He's trying to get that. He's trying to get that NBA contract. So you definitely mm-hmm. believe that he's going to definitely come with that dog, man. But uh, so next we're going to talk about point guard. Who starts? Who's the backup? We're going to talk about that next. But before we do, tonight's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get ten times your first bet amount and bonus bets up to two hundred dollars. That is right. Just bet twenty bucks and you'll land two hundred dollars in bonus bets, win or lose. Ooh. That's $200 you can spend betting on anything from the money line to over and under to who you think is going to hit the first home run of the night. All on one app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. That's big. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So, time today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. And this is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. 
Sometimes you and I need that kind of support too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Thanks for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow, we're going to do some situational lineups. The big lineup, a shooter's lineup, a defensive lineup. We're going to talk about that more, that and more tomorrow. So definitely tune in. So diving right in, E, um, point guard position, a lot of speculation. Does Jordan Poole start? Does Tyus Jones start? Does Did Rollins, Brian Rollins do enough to get minutes at the backup point guard? So today's first day. You got you to you gotta set that lineup. Who's your starter? Who's your backup? And how many minutes do you give Ryan Rollins out the gate? That's a good question. Um, Tyus Jones is my starter. I know a lot of people on in the comment section or social media rather have Jordan Poole start a point guard. I'm um, looking at the Wizards' death chart right now. They already updated it. They have Tyus Jones as the starter. DeLon Wright is the second as the first guy off the bench at point guard. Then third string, they have Jordan Poole listed at point guard. They have, of course, they have Jordan Poole starting as shooting guard, but they have him as the third string point guard. I, I do think Jordan Poole is going to play point guard for, for sure. Um, if you look at basketball reference, the stat show that he played sixty seven percent at the time at uh, as a point guard with the Warriors uh, last season. And then Ryan Rollins is the fourth string guy. Then Jared Butler is your fifth string point guard. Delon Wright, like I said, Delon Wright's the second guy off the bench uh, or the first point guard off the bench. But yeah, that's that's how I would have I would have Tyus start because he is a good. Steady Eddie point guard. He's more of a backup point guard, but when he plays as a starter, when Jaw was hurt, he averaged 16 points a game. Um, so the guy can play one of the best assisted turnover ratios. I know it sounds exactly just like what we talked about with Monte Morris, where he doesn't really put pressure on the rim. It doesn't really push the pace pace much. Doesn't make many mistakes. But Tyus Jones, he can he can get he can get to the rim a little bit. He shoots a lot of floaters. So I like Tyus's game a lot. And he's a guy that can calm the troops down. You know, when Jordan Poole does kind of do a little bit of and one mixtape tour and kind of can get a little loose with the handle. I mean, his handle, he's fun to watch, but the turnovers do come uh, when he does some of the and one mixtape tour moves. Um, and he get a little loose with the, with, the, with the basketball. And I think Tyus Jones is a guy that can kind of calm calm the troops down and get Jordan Poole set up in his spot so he can just worry about scoring. Then DeLon Wright's got to play. Um, Tyus Jones is going to get about 30 minutes, I see. I feel like uh, DeLon's going to get about 25 because we need his defense bad. And then Ryan Rollins, I think he's going to get the Jordan Goodwin minute rotation. Like what Jordan Goodwin got last year. Um, like 10 to 15 minutes a game, just 10, depending on the matchup, depending on how well he played. If Ryan Rollins can be a defensive pest, if he can put pressure on the rim, if he can pick up and, and pick up and guard 94 feet. Um, Ryan Rollins is not a, as good as a defender as Jordan Goodwin, but I do think Ryan Rollins certainly needs some playing time. And Jared Butler, um, if if somebody's not available one night, um, like say if they trade DeLon Wright or trade uh Tyus you know right before the trade deadline I, I think that's when Jared Butler starts to get more plans on when he when they consolidate the roster because I don't, I don't see them making any trades before the season starts to be honest with you at this point I think all the trades are going to happen in February uh before the trade line so I think that's when Jared Butler gets the, the majority of his plans on. I think he's going to play in a go-go and if he does earn some minutes like I said I think it would probably be around that 10 minute range 10 to 12 minutes yeah, I agree. I don't think any moves are pending right now. I think that most of the moves are going to be made at the deadline. Um, I'm going to do two lineups real quick before a deadline and after deadline. Um, going into the regular season, I definitely see Tyus as being the starting point guard uh, with DeLon right backing him up. Um, but at the deadline, I, I think it changes. I think Jordan Poole will be your starting point guard mm-hmm. after the deadline because they're going to trade either DeLon or Tyus. 
and that's going to open up, you know, I definitely want to see Jordan Poole as the starting point guard after the deadline because, I mean, if you look at the, the bench, there's a lot of pieces that have to be moved at the deadline. Um, you know, shooting guard, you know, Shemette is definitely going to be one of the first people that we get that is moved at the deadline because you want to, you, you got to free up minutes for Johnny Davis. You know, where does Kispert play on the bench? Where does Bilal play on the bench? I mean, you know, you got to free up minutes. So Shemette definitely is going to be a candidate to be moved. But looking at Gallinari and Muscala, if we're able to obtain a backup center, then I have no problem moving on from Muscala. And the same thing with, you know, Gallinari. You know, do you move him at the deadline? You know, do you think Patrick Baldwin Jr., he's there to plug in, backup four? That's the question. You know, when we get to that point, maybe they can answer that. But, you know, there's a lot of questions for the second unit. So, obviously, going into the season, yeah, Tyus is that guy. You know, he's, he was called the best point guard, a backup point guard in the NBA. And, you know, this is his opportunity to show people what he can do. But I think going forward, um, Jordan Poole is definitely that guy who's going to be our franchise point guard. Because, I mean, there's a lot of similarities from a, another young guard from Golden State that <laughs> we a coin flip was the big reason why he came to D.C. and, and Gilbert Arenas. You know, guy who is electrifying score, man. If he can figure out how to kind of work on his turnovers, I mean, look at his, a lot of the, his vision is on point. It's just, he, you know, like you said, he gets and one sometimes. You know, he does a lot of these, you know, animated passes and, you know, he's a little, little loose with the ball. But if he can settle down and really become more efficient with the ball, I think Jordan Poole is that franchise point guard going forward. Because, you know, we, we talked about it uh, previous episodes, man. Is he a piece to build around or is he a piece that is part of that foundation to build his team back into or not back into, but um, into a contender? I think so. I've seen enough from him um, playing on Golden State where he was not a featured member of the offense. You know, you, you know, he, when uh, Steph Curry went out, he performed at a high level. I think he can be that franchise point guard because, I mean, you look at the next couple of drafts, man. You know, next year is a very forward-heavy draft. So do you really risk and reach and go get, a, a you know, a DJ Wagner, you know, an Isaiah Collier? I don't think you have to. I think that if Jordan Poole can prove that he's efficient, we already found our franchise point guard, and then we can go and find pieces to go from there. Kind of like we did with John Wall. You know, we, we drafted John Wall, and then we got the pieces to follow, whether it was, you know, drafting, you know, Brad Bill, you know, Porter, and bring those pieces in, you know, Markeith. The list goes on. So, you, you know, we got to build for somewhere. You know, a lot of people are, are kind of 50-50 when it comes to Jordan Poole being that piece going forward. You know, so it's kind of like Kuzma. A lot of people are saying, oh, you know, he's a piece that could be moved. Some people are saying, oh, he could be good going, going going forward. I think Jordan Poole, we don't have to search for that point guard. because, like, So that's where I'm at, e. You know, after the deadline, I see him taking over point guard. Now, obviously, going into the regular season, he's going to be the two guard. But you've got to show up the second unit because looking at a perspective um, lineup, yeah, you're going to have, what, Jordan Poole at two, presumably going to have Denny or Corey Kispert, depending on the, on the lineup at the three, then Kuz and Gaff. But if you look at that second unit, you know, Schmidt's got to play. You know, they already said he's going to get minutes because he got to bring his value up. So it's, it's going to be interesting. It really is. I'm with you. I don't think there's going to be a consolidation trade before the regular season, but they definitely have to do one, man, because you got to move on from some of these aspiring deals, get some assets, and then give some minutes to these young guys, especially Johnny Davis and Bilal, because it's very pivotal for both of them. So, you know, that's why I, mean. I think that before, you know, going to the regular season, Tyus, after the deadline. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? 
Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Cool. Yeah. No, I like that point that you brought up before and after the deadline because they just got to showcase guys. It's kind of like how they had to showcase Montrose Herald two years ago. They had to showcase uh, Dinwiddie. They had to showcase Bertans just so they could get these guys value up and trade them because they just knew it wasn't working that season. But um, you, you don't you don't get the most value you can get if you have Tyus coming off the bench. Uh, so that's why you can't. That's another reason. And I, I think Tyus, if if I think they should start Tyus at the point guard. Looking at Jordan Poole, he had he had 252 turnovers last year, which was fourth in the league. Uh, Trey Young led the league in turnovers with 300. Anthony Edwards had 259. Russell Westbrook had 255, and Jordan Poole had 252. Now turnovers, you know, Jokic had 247. He was fifth. So. Um, Giannis was six with like 246. So turnovers is, is something to look at, but it's, it's, it's good that he's forcing the issue. It's good that he's forcing the issue. He's putting pressure on the rim. So I think he would be fine at point guard. But like you said, before trade deadline, showcase Tyus, let Tyus do his thing, let him get his trade value up. And then after, go ahead, let Jordan Poole play, start a point guard. Now, Jordan Poole, just because he doesn't start a point guard doesn't mean he's not going to play point guard during a game. Like he'll be bringing a ball up. Um, he'll be getting isolation, breaking guys down, step back threes. Um, you know, one those one-legged jumpers he likes to shoot, those one-legged one-footers, the, the, you know, some of the and one big tape stuff that he likes to do where he can really get to the basket and get crafty and, and really mix guys up and put guys in a blender. So he's going to certainly do that. Just because Tyus is starting doesn't mean we won't see Jordan Poole play point guard at all during the game, uh, like you said, with a second unit as well. And, um, and then look at the numbers, too. I just had this up where last year, he played – because I said 67 at the point guard position. He played 64% at the point guard position last year in 2023. Steph didn't play. He missed a, he missed a good amount of games last year, so Jordan Poole had to step up and play point guard. Then the year before in 2022, he played 33% at point guard and 62% at point guard. So it was kind of flip-flopping. So he can do both. He's a versatile guy that can do both. And DeLon's got to play a lot of point guard too. So we can showcase him as well because it's a contract year for him. So we just got to get through the storm of this first half of the season. Then I can they they can throw any lineup they want. If they want to put Bilal at the two to start after the trade deadline, I'm fine with that. If they want to put um, Vucevic as your first big off the bench after the trade deadline, I'm fine with that. Or maybe at the power four position, just they can try any line. Patrick Baldwin get playing time, a bunch of playing time after the trade deadline. I think they just they just got to get through these first couple of months of the season, see what they got to evaluate, and then they they can they they can try any lineup that they want to do. Yeah, I agree with you. Right before we roll, man, I agree with yeah. you that at the deadline, get assets for these expiring contracts. And in the second half of the season, man, definitely look at giving Johnny Davis, definitely Bilal some minutes, you mm-hmm. know, definitely evaluate this young talent. But they're, they're, they're in a good position. This is not a bad it's not a bad position because they have an opportunity to, to move a lot, you know, some of these expiring deals and get some assets and get more picks. And then you can turn around and give young guys minutes. So, you know, the, the Wizards definitely find themselves in a very, very good position. So, you know, that, that's the question for everybody. Who is your starting point guard going into the season? And who's your point guard after the deadline? So definitely 
comment below. Definitely let us know what you guys are thinking. Um, so we're gonna go ahead and roll tonight. Um, definitely appreciate you guys. Um, definitely like and definitely subscribe. Um, hit the notification button, let you know when dope videos like this come out. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, five star review is much appreciated. So again, we appreciate y'all, man. So till next time, man. Hail to the wizards and peace. Y'all have a good night. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.